Thanks for tuning in to the Banner Church Podcast, recorded live in sunny Scottsdale, Arizona. For more information, visit banner.church today. Enjoy the message. Awesome. Let's give it up for moms this morning and grandmas, aunties, spiritual moms, foster moms. Man, we are thankful for you. How many of you are just thankful for awesome moms, right? Man, it's a blessing. Uh, man, I, honestly, really excited for today. I think anytime we get a chance to celebrate moms and celebrate uh, families, I think it's a win, right? And I know there's moms are all uh, different shapes and sizes. Today, I was excited. We got to congratulate Delaney. I was like, happy Mother's Day, right? They're fostering that beautiful baby girl. So moms are all different uh, shapes, sizes, backgrounds, influences, but we're just thankful for you. Uh, I know, you know, I, I say all the time, like, man, I, we're raising up men in this church. We believe in the leadership of men, but I, I got to say, we, we celebrate men and women that God has put together an incredible relationship and partnership of men and women and, and incredible husbands and incredible wives and incredible fathers and incredible mothers and just believing together. So whatever stage you're in, we're just, we're celebrating that because it's good. How many of you have just loved, if you were, especially if you are here last week, what God has been doing at the altar here at Banner Church? Really loved it. It's an incredible time. You know, we weren't, uh, well, we weren't, the people weren't sure, like, hey, what's that going to be like in a, in a cafeteria, you know? Uh, what is that going to seem like, the altar time? And I was like, well, we're just going to trust the Holy Spirit, because there's not cafeteria Holy Spirit and sanctuary Holy Spirit. There's just one Holy Spirit, amen? And uh, it's been really, really great. Uh, but today, I really want to encourage moms with a special message um, next week, we're going to go into a series called uh, Strong and Courageous, where we're looking at the book of Joshua, and specifically looking at the people of Israel crossing into the promised land, and all that entailed, and all that they faced, and some of the things that they learned, um, let's say, easy, and some of the things they learned hard, right? Some of the things they learned in an easy fashion, and someone, some of the things they learned in a difficult fashion. But today, I want to talk specifically to you, moms, because we love you. Uh, but even though I'm speaking specifically to moms on Mother's Day, I have to say this principle still applies to every person. Because there's principles as we look at the Word of God that I hope that even if you're like a single dude who just walked in here, you would still be able to say, I understand. And here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about a legacy of faith. It doesn't matter who you are, this applies to us all. We need to think about the legacy of faith that we are leaving. And moms, I believe you are a crucial part to that legacy of faith, to leaving a legacy of faith, to, to walking out the next generation, a legacy of faith. And and we do fun things to celebrate you. We, uh, we have, you know, drinks. And I saw there was cookies. Madison said, don't let any of these cookies remain here because they're not going home with me. So you can just grab whatever you want. If you even thought about being a mom, grab one. That's fine. Uh, and then Sheila's planted some, some tomato plants for all you moms. And then our kids have a little craft they're going to put with it. So grab one or else your kid's going to come out of kids ministry and be like, what is happening? I made this for you, right? And it won't stick to the fridge. Trust me. You need that plant. Even if it dies, it's okay. God will forgive you. Uh, but, uh, but some some awesome tomato plants. You know, if you don't have a green thumb, maybe grab two. I don't know. Who knows what will happen, right? Uh, but beyond just the gifts, I, I believe there's something the Lord wants to impart and to encourage you with, because that's really why we're here, right? 
We're not here for building our location. We're not just here for, for the fun things, even though we love those fun things. We love that fun. We're here because we believe the Word of God speaks to us. We believe the Holy Spirit's moving. So I want to speak on that today. And I was really going into this week thinking, what do moms want to hear? Because I have a great mom and who's put up with a lot in her life. Yeah, amen. And uh, she's on my team, which is she puts up with even more now as an adult. Uh, she thought she got rid of me, but then she decided to move here too. So uh, have an incredible mom. And my wife is an incredible mother. She's in the back with our third kid. And so I really was like, okay, Lord, I want to, I mean, I, I don't want to do just something cutesy on Mother's Day. I don't want to pander. Like, God, what are you really speaking to the moms? What are you really speaking about motherhood? And, uh, you know, what, what do moms want to hear? What do moms really value? And I was like, well, their children, obviously, hopefully, that's a big one. Uh, but God, how are you speaking to the moms of the church? And Friday, it happened that I, I went to my daughter's spring performance, and she had a little solo in her spring performance, and all the kids are lined up on stage, and they're going through the songs, and it was so adorable, and like actually really well organized. It was crazy. I was like, wow, this is a lot of kids. It really gave me a heart for teachers because they brought them on 10 minutes early and just made all the kids sit there. And just the pure noise that came out of here, I was like, I need to hug a teacher when I see one, right? I was like, uh, but they were singing and they, they got to the sixth song of the performance. And the song was called, May All Who Come Behind Us Find Us Faithful. And like, 60 little kids are singing. They're talking about running the race. This is what the whole performance is about. And they sang, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May all who come behind us find us faithful. And I'm sitting there like, I am moved by this, right? And, and I, have, I have grandma on my left, grandpa on my right, right? And so I look over to my mom here on the left, and she's just bawling, right? They're saying, may all who, <laughs> may all who come behind us find us faithful. I look over, and she's just weeping. And I was like, that's it. That's my opener, right, for the sermon. Because I think that's a powerful phrase. And I, I, mom or not, that is a powerful thought. May all who come behind us find us faithful. May all who come behind me, may they, may they find me faithful. That's powerful, right? That's about legacy. It's about the next generation. It's about not only our kids, but our grandkids. It's, it's not, that doesn't define necessarily what they're going to choose, but it's going to define what they're going to find. What are they going to see when they see our life? Now, they're not going to see a perfect life, right? Amen? Take that weight off your shoulders right now. No matter how hard you try, your children are not going to see a perfect life. And honestly, I think some of the most tension that children will see in their parents is the tension of their parents trying to be perfect for them. But what they can see is the legacy that you leave, what they can see in the, in the kids and the grandkids, they can see faith, what my daughter, what my son, and now another son, can see in my mom is a legacy of faith, is a history of faith. And I really believe that's the mark of biblical motherhood that, that I want to encourage you moms today, is that you are a crucial part of leaving a legacy of faith for the next generation. No matter who you are, you inspire the next generation. The question is, will you leave a legacy? When they look at you, mom, will they say, yes, I found her faithful. And I believe that's the cry of our heart. May those who come behind me find us faithful. 
I want to jump into 2 Timothy today, but I want to pray before we do. Can we do that this morning? Let's pray together. Lord God, we are so thankful for your word. And thank you, Holy Spirit, that the word of God says that it's you who, who gives us understanding of the deep things of the word of God. And so, Holy Spirit, we just invite you right now as we're reading the word of the Lord, which we know is alive and active. We pray that you would put it upon our heart and you would stir us and transform us, that we wouldn't just leave this morning informed by the word, but we would leave transformed by the word and by your spirit, God. So we just give you a, just open reign this morning in this speaking, God, even if it's not uh, what the pastor's preaching from the mic, we just invite you to speak to us, guide us, convict us, urge us, encourage us in your word. That's what we're here for. We're here for you. And all God's people said, amen. Let's look at the word of God together. Let's go to Second Timothy ver, uh, chapter 1, verse 3. We got there. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. And this is Paul. He's speaking uh, and commending Timothy, and he begins to speak about his life and his history and his background. And it says this, verse 3. It says, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers day and night. He says, as I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. There's an intimacy in Paul's relationship with Timothy. There's a closeness here. He knows him. And so what he's about to say, he says based off knowledge and not based off a, just a, a neat thought. He says, verse 5, I am reminded of your sincere faith. Look at this. A faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. So for this reason, I'm reminded, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Did you catch that, man? Verse 5, did you catch that? Paul is commending Timothy, and he says, listen, you have something special, and I know where it came from. Go back to verse 5. We have it. Verse 5 says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your, what? Grandmother, Lois. But you know there's a Lois in the Bible. <laughs> These sound like pioneer names, right? <laughs> and your mother, Eunice. Look at that says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and their mother, Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. That's a powerful statement. Man, if you're a parent, you're hoping that when someone sees your kid, they recognize the good things, right? <laughs> right? Not the note where you go to pick up your kid and they're in trouble, and then they look at you and go, oh, I, I see. I get that. Henry and I don't look alike, but we look alike, if you know what I mean, right? Sometimes I pick him up, and the teacher goes, ah, yes, there it is. Or sometimes I see my own kid, and I'm like, ah, no, right? <laughs> right? But Paul is recognizing, right, Timothy is not raised in a vacuum. No kid is raised in a vacuum. We all have influences, and Timothy was very blessed to have good influences, and so Paul is pointing to an inheritance. He's celebrating these maternal influences and, and really two generations, not only his mother, but his grandmother. I think that's pretty impressive. Man, if you're third generation of spiritual inheritance, that's incredible. 
It's not that Timothy didn't have his problems. He was even corrected and directed by Paul. But he was part of a, of a generation and a generation of spiritual inheritance. I just got to say, never underestimate the power of a praying grandma, right? If you have a spiritual grandma, count your blessings, right? I don't know. I think just grandma prayers and uh, grandma uh, food is extra powerful. I don't know what they put in those prayers and what they put in the food, but it's better than all of ours. I don't know what it is, but, but there's, a, there's a, something special about a praying grandmother. Some of you are here because of praying grandmother. Amen? You're here because there was a grandmother who prayed you in to here. And you're like, yep, I'm here because of grandma. I didn't want to hurt her feelings. Came to church. And turns out she'd been praying for me for 25 years when I was being a hoodlum, right? Some of you are here for that, for that very reason. I love that. And Paul is, is celebrating that. And I think that it's cause for us to celebrate. To really celebrate biblical motherhood. Because it's this biblical motherhood that really brings and nurtures a faith that blooms into something incredible and beautiful and powerful. And everything blooms on a different timeline. Moms, let me encourage you. Uh, not every plant blooms on the same timeline. My mom and I were talking about, oh, we want to make these salsa boxes where you can plant onions and cilantro and tomato. Here's the problem. All of those things grow at different rates and bloom at different times. So just because you've not seen the legacy bloom yet does not mean that you are not building a legacy and planting a legacy. It's our, your job, our job as, as believers is simply to follow the Lord and trust and know everything blooms in its own time. So I want to encourage you as I say this, if you're like, well, I, I'm not seeing the fruit yet. It's not about fruit. It's about nurture. It's about nourishing. You don't water the plant, you water the soil, and it becomes a good place for good things to grow. But I want to talk about this because this nurtured an incredibly strong faith in Timothy. Incredibly strong faith in Timothy. So let, let's look at this. Four qualities I want to give you this morning. Uh, this is a little more linear than, than I would do, but four qualities of a faith that leaves a legacy. All right, four qualities of a faith that leaves a legacy. Number one, her faith was sincere. Somebody say sincere. Her faith was sincere. Paul says, your faith is sincere because her faith was sincere. He saw the same faith, right? He said, listen, I, I, I noticed something. This is the faith of your grandmother. This is the faith of your mom. This is your faith. Verse 5, if you have your Bible, just jump back. He says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother. See, faith that leaves a legacy is not casual. It's not nominal, right? It's not passive. It's not just observing. It's not just packaged up on a Sunday. It's not just Jesus on the cross hanging in the guest bedroom. It's not a passive embroidered on a pillow, even though if you want to embroider me a pillow, I will gladly take it. I will take all of that stuff. I love that stuff. But it's not casual. It's not Easter and Christmas onlys, right? My CEOs, Christmas and Easter onlys. And listen, if you only go to church on Christmas and Easter, we'll still receive you. But I want to encourage you, I don't know what legacy that's leaving. Okay, it's Mother's Day. We can't get that serious. Okay, sorry. It's got to be flowers and stuff. Well, you know what? We all need discipleship. It's not casual. It's sincere. 
One time I uh, went to buy my mom a Mother's Day card when I was in my 20s. And uh, you know, when you're, in tw- when you're in your 20s, you're not great about, as great about thinking uh, about others, uh, but you're really into thinking about yourself, your future, your job, you know, what you have going on. So it was Mother's Day, so I run to a Target to get a Mother's Day card. How many of you know, right now it's too late to buy a Mother's Day card? You've waited too long. I just, men, right now I need to tell you, if you were waiting till today to buy a Mother's Day card, you blew it. Draw one in crayon, throw it back. You've blown it. It's too late. You're not getting one. Some of you are like, I'm going to get one. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Good luck. I went to the Target, and I remember this, and I was scouring through the cards, and I picked one up, and it had a heart, and on the, the tag thing, it said, Mom. And I was like, perfect. I have one. And so I grabbed the card, put it in the envelope, brought it home, opened it up, signed the card, right? And uh, in the truck, I have like a little, you know, thing in the truck and I'm there signing it. I go inside, I give it to my mom and my mom is the most gracious person on earth. And she very graciously reads it to mom. Happy birthday. (laughs) From Josh, XOXO. You got to put the hugs and kisses in. (laughs) Happy birthday. How sincere was that card? Now I love my mom, but that was not a very sincere card. And I... And, I, and, you know, anybody would know that's not a sincere act. See, there's something about sincerity that has commitment and thought and engagement, right? It's not just random. It's not just fit in in the time that I'll allow it. It's, it's important. It's sincere. See, the strength of Timothy's faith was not only that he had inheritance of faith, it's that there was a sincerity in the faith that he inherited. See, and it lived first in Lois and then Eunice, Right? They had faith. You say, well, wait a second. If it was in his grandmother, and Timothy was a follower of Jesus, and his grandmother was like alive before Jesus died, what kind of faith is he inheriting? Well, there, there's a couple thoughts because there's only so much we know. We know some things about his dad. We know some things about his mom. But what we believe truly is that if his grandmother and mother were true Jews, meaning they believed that there was a Messiah to come. If they truly believed in worshiping Yahweh and they believed there was a Messiah to come, and then we see the inheritance in Timothy, then there's a time where there was a conversion, which means that they recognized what was promised in the Old Testament of the Messiah had been fulfilled in the New Testament in Jesus. And so they would be considered like how Paul talks in Romans as a true Jew, meaning, uh, let me explain, Romans 2.28, he says, for no one is a Jew who's merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical, but a Jew is one inwardly, and circumcision is a matter of the heart, by the spirit, not by the letter. His, his praise is not from man, but from God. So they had an expectant faith of the Messiah from the Old Testament, they heard the gospel and at some point have, have believed that Christ was the Messiah and Timothy is a part of not only this pre-Christ, so to speak, but this in Christ continuing of spiritual legacy. It was something that was engaged with. It was something that was sincere. And so we see in Paul that he's saying Timothy is just as committed to Christ as I am. It's very sincere. So it wasn't just casual faith, it was sincere faith. And how we know it was sincere faith is number two, that her faith was lived. Go back to verse five, it says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt 
first in your grandmother Lois and your brother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you. It says the faith dwelt. That word dwelt means it lived in. The word there, Paul, uh, only Paul uses it in the New Testament, and he uses it to speak of the spirit indwelling in believers, or God living and dwelling in the midst of his people, or the message of Christ when he's speaking to the Colossians, dwelling in the midst of his church. So when Paul uses that word to dwell, to live in, it's divine, it's dynamic, it's the transforming presence of God. So like I said, the faith wasn't passive or external. It was deep, and it was lived in. Let me ask you a question. Do you think that faith was perfect? Do you think it was perfect faith? No. Moms, listen. When you live out your faith, or anybody, it will not be perfect. So perfect cannot be the mark of your lived out faith. It's the pursuit of the presence of God. Is there presence dwelling and walking? Are you present with the Lord? Is he present in your walking and your going? See, for faith to be a legacy, it doesn't have to be perfect, but it does have to be lived. See, our children, they need to see how to follow Jesus. And part of seeing how to follow Jesus is seeing the times that we mess up and we fall on our knees before the Lord and we repent of our heart. We say, God, I've missed the mark, but I trust you and I thank you that I'm covered by your grace. Our kids need to see that because if they never see that, they don't know that that's how they should act. And so church becomes the place that you only go to. God becomes the person you only go to when you're perfect, not that he's the perfect one you go to when you're hurting, when you're broken, when you're in need. See, faith is not a put it on the shelf for Sunday thing. Faith is a lived out, walked out imperfectly. It's an example. It's a thing we show. I just want to like take a burden off you. If you feel like you've not been perfect enough for your kids, that's okay. It might be the best way you're ministering to them is by showing them that, that you can wrestle with the Lord. You could wrestle in your doubts. You can walk out the times where you're weary and wounded and you can find hope and life in him. You can make mistakes and you can turn to him and say, God, I repent and I come before you. See, these aren't things we should hide from our children. These are things that we leave to our children. Our faith is lived in. My, uh, my wife has this jean jacket. Actually, she might be wearing it now. Oh, she took the baby out. Dang it. She, she's probably wearing it right now. It's like the most lived in jean jacket. Unless you're in a biker gang, you don't have a more lived in jean jacket than this thing. And every year, I buy her a new jean jacket because she says, I want a new jean jacket, but we should know better, right? Right? <laughs> because no matter what, she always comes back to this one jean jacket, right? And it that sleep I don't it doesn't have elbows from here to here. Those babies are cleared out, right? That's what lived in looks like. It's got some holes in it. It has some wear. It has some life. It's had some stains. There's been rips that have had to been repaired. There's, there's patches that have had to been mended on it. That's what something looks like when it's lived in. I'm not, you can't buy it. You can't, now if you go to the store, you can buy a version, but it still doesn't feel the same. You can buy one where somewhere in Indonesia, they took a metal brush and scraped the elbows off, but it's not going to feel the same. It's not really lived in, right? But when you've lived in something, you know that, that, that piece of clothing, like you know it, it's trustworthy. When you want to feel comfortable, what do you do? That's what you wear. And can I tell you 
as somebody who's received things that have been passed down, when you're a kid, those are the things you love to receive, is the thing you saw your parent using every day. That thing that was like in the back of the garage, that thing goes to the garage sale, or goes in the back of your garage. That thing that you saw them wear and use every day, that Bible, you saw them open every day with the falling out pages. I received a Bible like this with the falling out pages and the part where the dog chewed on it a little bit, you know that part? And, and they got another Bible, but when you were a kid, you saw them reading that Bible. So there's something about that where you saw them live out that faith. You've seen tears fall on the pages of that word. You've seen it lifted up in prayer. You've seen it sat on the seat when you had to get up early to come to church, even though you didn't want to, but you're but your mom or your dad led in that space, right? That's the one you want. Can I tell you, that's the faith you want too. It might have gotten gnawed on. There was moments of tears. There was moments where you fell down on your knees and you felt imperfect. There were times that it, it felt like things got torn apart and you had to go back through and sew it. And sometimes when you see other people's, you feel like they're more perfect than you. Listen, your kids don't want other people's jackets. They don't want other people's Bible. They don't want other people's faith. They want what comes through you when you live it out. They want what you hand down. And listen, teenagers are dumb and amazing and beautiful and incredible and stupid. You know, I was one. I love the next generation, right? But remember being a teenager? They might not want the jacket yet. They might not want the faith yet. Remember being in your 20s and you thought you knew everything, right? Remember being in your 30s and you just found out you don't know everything? right? Remember how devastating that was? You just found out what therapy was for the first time, right? They might not want it yet. I don't know when they're going to want that, when they're going to grab a hold of it. That's not the point. The point is you lived in it, and it's there for them. That faith. It's what she wore. It's what she lived. It lived in her. She lived in it. I know because I've seen the stories. There's a legacy to faith. When I was hurt, I cried out. When I was tired, I rested in him. When I was scared, he made me bold. When I was worried, I found peace in him. When it was dark, he was the light. It's a lived out faith. And listen, I don't know when your kids will understand and receive, but man, that's what we pray for, right, parents? Would they just receive this? I know it's got some holes, and I know it's got some parts where it got drug along the ground, but man, would they receive this? Would they begin to walk it out? That's really the cry of my wife and I for our lives. And so it's become the cry of our church to live a life that's only explainable by the Holy Spirit. Because I'm thinking my kids are going to be discipled by the world in a sense. Every time they go online, they're going to see things. Every time they go to school, they're going to see things. When they turn on the TV, it's getting harder and harder and harder, right? To, to fight out the noise with our kids. And it's like, well, what do I do? I can't not let them call anybody on the phone, right? And so I, I'm thinking I got a teenage daughter coming up in a couple years, Right? That's a terrifying reality. Right? It, it, how do I show and just remind my daughter the legacy that she's inherited? How, do, how does her mother remind her she begins to speak into her biblical womanhood and what it looks like? We need to be able to point to parts of our life that are only explainable by the Holy Spirit. So when she goes to college as a professor says, oh, no, that's okay. I said, trust me, I went to the University of Washington for philosophy. I went to the war zone of thought, right, as a Christian. The only one in my class, and I didn't care. I'd stand up and say anything. Why? Because I knew who was handing me down a legacy, and you can't argue with my legacy. Were there times I walked it out well? No. Like, there were times I did not walk it out well. But is it an inheritance that I'm thankful for? Yes. 
And maybe you're the first one in your family to start it, but that's awesome. And you can start it at 65, 70. You can start a legacy at any moment, 25. You can start a legacy when you're single. Trust me. Come on, married people. You know what I'm talking about. There's things you're doing now as a single person that will define your legacy. Amen, my baby. Right in the back. Let's go. Loyal shouting me down. Right? <laughs> He's ready. That's how you live it. Okay, third thing. You still with me? Okay. Her faith nurtured the next generation. It nurtured the next generation. That's why we called it Bloom, because there's something about moms that are nurturing. Man, moms are special. Moms are special because they nurture. Paul recognizes, says, what was in your grandmother, what was in your mother, is in you now. Go back to verse 5. It says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and, their, and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure, somebody say, I'm sure, dwells in you as well. That word sure means I am thoroughly convinced. Not like how my daughter answers when she's not sure. She goes, sure. But when I am thoroughly convinced, I am 110% positive that it is with you. Look at this. The faith of a praying grandma and a praying mother raised up a man of God. And not just any man of God, raised up in the New Testament, the faith of Timothy, Paul says, is unmatched. Philippians 2.20 says, For I have no one like him, Paul says, who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. He's like, try to find somebody as good as this dude. And when you can't, you need to write a letter to his grandma and to his mom and say thank you. Right? Say thank you. Here's what I find so fascinating about Timothy, is that his spiritual inheritance came from his mother's line, not his father's line. Because what we know about Timothy is that his father was not a believer. His father was a Greek non-believer who did not worship Yahweh. In Acts chapter 16, it says, Paul came to Derbe and Lystra, and a disciple there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew his father was a Greek. That sounds rough as a grown man, but it's a message for another day. <laughs> talking about men today, right? We're talking about moms. <laughs> Here's what we know. We know because he wasn't um, circumcised that he wasn't participating in how the Jews worshipped. So he wasn't necessarily practicing in that way because that would have been the father's decision. So what we have is a mom and a grandma who are honoring God even though the husband, the father, does not share those values. And uh, I just honor you if you're in that place. That's, that's not always the easiest thing to do, but I honor you if you're in that spot and you're respectful to your husband, though you have different views, moms, and you're trying to raise your kid up. I know the Lord's with you. I just want to encourage you. Thank you for being kind. Scripture says to those who have unbelieving husbands, it says, listen, just love them as Christ loves and believe that the gospel will be there. You're, you're not there to proselytize and to put it on. They're just there to love like Christ, and I think that's a huge task. And I understand the male influence is important. At Banner, we really fight for that. All the men are going to go the camping trip and, uh, you know, start fires and have a blast. But I got to say, let's not underestimate, especially single moms, those who are maybe even carrying the faith alone for your family, that Timothy shows us that a great legacy can come through motherhood and maternal influence. 
that mothers, you nurture, you prepare the soil where great faith grows. Some days it might not seem like that. You might not get the response you want. Amen? Man, if you're looking for a response in your kids, that can be the most frustrating thing. It's like they give it to you when you don't want it, and then they don't give it to you when you do want it, right? But I want to encourage you, don't give up. Keep nurturing. Keep living it. Keep praying. Keep believing it. Because of the fourth thing, ready? Her, four, her faith was an inheritance. Band, you guys can come up. Moms, your greatest legacy is faith. A hundred years from now, listen, a hundred years from now, future generations, they might be influenced by what crafts you did, and they might be influenced by what vacations you took, and they might be influenced by what sports you took them to. But can I just tell you something real quick? I do a lot of funerals. I just did one for my grandmother not too long ago. And at my grandmother's funeral, no one mentioned vacations, and no one mentioned crafts, and no one mentioned what their rooms look like and how messy or clean. No one mentioned how she, uh, you know, what, how she dressed them. No one mentioned uh, her motherhood in comparison to the other mothers on the block and, and how nice their toys were or not. You know what they mentioned? They mentioned her character. They mentioned her attitude. They mentioned her spirit. They mentioned what, what, what she gave. Like they meaning my family, right? And, I, and as we were, were talking and dreaming, I just began to think, man, we spend so much time thinking that the legacy we leave is the stuff we give. The legacy we leave is the, the vacations we take or don't take or can't afford or won't afford. The legacy we leave is the mistakes we make. They're like, oh man, I, I should have fed him organic baby formula for the first three months and now they're not gonna be as healthy and you know they got all these chemicals in them. And it's like, there's all this fear. Thanks internet, right? But that the next generation is not gonna look back at that. They're gonna point to things like faith. I'm telling you, I've done funerals for people who don't even have faith, and they still try to point to faith. They're going to point to a faith like Lois's, like Eunice's. I love this quote from Philip Towner. He says, no matter how bitter the opposition, Timothy could not deny his heritage. When times are tough, we may almost wish we could deny the people and events that brought us to a genuine faith in Christ. In fact, we may be tempted in the face of a hard circumstance to view it all as some psychological fantasy. At such times, a look back at the godly people who have influenced us and the duties that go with our spiritual heritage may provide a stabilizing perspective. Moms, listen, we need you. The church needs you. Even if your kids aren't here, that's not your season. This church needs you. It needs your legacy. The legacy you leave the kids, but also the stability that you provide right now in an unstable world. Moms, listen, your kids need a legacy of faith, but man, right now, you know what they need? They need a stability of faith in an unstable world. That as they're even tempted to look around and begin to say, is this real? Is it not? That they look to you and say, well, mom is stable. I've seen her live her faith. Someone will say, yeah, but, but she's made mistakes and, and look how you know she's been hurt. And you say, yeah, and I've seen her get up with Jesus Christ and, and stand up or go into the place of prayer. I've seen her walk it out. I've seen it lived. It doesn't live on a shelf. It lives in her. Moms, I want to encourage you. You might not have the best house. Man, summer break's coming up. You might not have the best activities planned, right? You're on Pinterest trying to track down how to put their toys on a block of ice so they can, like, pick it apart and you can have 20 minutes of quiet. I've seen it. 
don't do that. Only darkness will come, right? <laughs> you might come home and think, man, this house, this house is a mess. You might worry if you're training your kids enough. You might look in the mirror and feel less than. You don't have the style. You don't have the look. You might go on social media and think, man, I'm so lame. You may wonder if you've blown it. Maybe think, ah, it's too late, man. See, my kids are grown. It's too late. Here's the reality. Your kids don't need perfection. They need Jesus. And even if you give them just a glimpse of Jesus, that's enough. That God looks at you and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. That God is well pleased. See, yeah, but I wasn't perfect. He says, I know. That's why I came and died. I didn't call you to be perfect. I called you just to pursue the one who was perfect. And even if you give him a glimpse of Jesus, I want to encourage you, that's enough. Our prayer is not God. Maybe so perfect, perfect in the look and perfect in the attitude, perfect in every way. But God, I thank you that as I pursue you and you're perfect, that you strengthen me to live this faith every day. Church, if you're a mom or not, can I tell you that's, that should be the cry of every person. God, strengthen me to live this faith every day so that those who come behind may find me faithful. God, strengthen us as your church that those who come behind may find us faithful. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Lord, that's our prayer right now. May those who come behind us find us faithful. God, strengthen us right now. Holy Spirit, we just invite you. I just invite you this moment. I want to pray for some things. Then I'm going to release the band. And if you want prayer, our prayer team is going to be up here. They're going to pray for you. But I want to pray for a few things this morning. Just with our, with our eyes closed and our head bowed, I want to pray over your life. First thing is, if you're a mom here, I just I want to pray over you. If you're a mother, or grandmother, you fit any categories of motherhood. I want to pray over you that God would strengthen you, that God would encourage you this morning. So, if you're a mom, would you just lift your hands? I want to pray over your life this morning. Lord, I just lift up all the moms to you right now. God, I thank you that you love them, that they are your children. God, that they they are the daughters, they are co-heirs, they're with you, Lord. And God, I pray right now that you would strengthen them in the name of Jesus. Right now in this place, that you would strengthen them. God, that they wouldn't look to the left or the right, that they would look at you, that they wouldn't look to the social media, that they wouldn't look in the ways they feel like, like they're missing them are, but they would just look to you, and in looking to you, that they would just receive everything that comes from you right now, that they would receive the encouragement and the strength by the Holy Spirit. I pray an encouragement by the Holy Spirit over you that God has given you that child, those children, whatever interaction it is, he's given them to you right now so that you would leave a legacy of faith. And I pray that that would right now just be in your mind. God, strengthen me to leave a legacy of faith. In the name of Jesus. Here's the second thing I want to pray for. This wasn't on my list, but I just, I feel so led this morning. It's just for those of you it's such an honest moment. So your eyes closed. We're going to do this. Instead of calling you up, I'm just going to pray for you right there. We're going to pray for you. If you're here this morning and you're, you're a parent, but you have kids who have wandered or who are far from the Lord right now or who aren't walking out. And when you hear a legacy of faith, man, you're just wrestling with that this morning. You're like, oh, man, maybe, maybe I messed up somewhere and I didn't leave the right legacy. Listen, that's not what this is about at all. I believe God just wants to affirm your faithfulness. Even when there's been bumps and there's been ups and downs, God says, I affirm your faithfulness. 
And if you're here and you're saying, I have some children that, that are not near, or you know children who are, who are not near in your family, I want to pray for you specifically. And we're going to pray over their lives this morning that they would be returned to you to the Lord. So if that's you, would you just lift your hands? I want to pray for you. I have children who I just long for them to be near the Lord. All the heads, heads are bowed. I just I want to pray specifically over you this morning. Lord God, I pray right now. In fact, would you just join me, church, if you believe that God is the one who leaves the 99 for the one. If you believe this morning that the Spirit is here, would you just join me in praying and affirming, God, we pray and we speak over those who have wandered far from you and who are not near you right now. God, we know that you are near to them and you're calling them and you're calling on their heart. So we speak over their life and we pray right now, Holy Spirit, draw them to you. God, I speak over their mothers and I thank you, God, that they're faithful. I thank you, God, that they love you and I pray right now, God, that that next generation right now would begin to turn towards that legacy of faith and they would see the faith of their family, of their mother, and they would say, God, I need you. God, I need you in my life. Nothing else will satisfy. Nothing else will do. So Holy Spirit, we invite you. We pray over those who are far right now, wherever you are. I just invite you, church. We need your prayer right now, this morning. Begin to pray. God, those who are far, we pray, bring them near to you. Those who are far, we pray, bring them we pray over the children right now, this morning, that you would give them dreams and visions wherever they are, that they would have dreams of you, Jesus, right now, calling to them. Church, right now, I'm just going to release you. Begin to pray for the lost. Begin to pray for the lost. I know this is different. You're not coming forward. You're right where you are. Begin to intercede over families. God, we pray over those who are far from you. We pray in the name of Jesus that they would be drawn to you. We celebrate the legacies of faith, and we ask, bring them in. Bring them in. Bring them in in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Banner Church Podcast. We hope this message was impactful for you. Check the episode notes to visit our website, follow us on social media, and subscribe to our podcast. We'll see you again next week.